time. It is. Welcome to Engaged and Divorced. Where I wear the rings. And I'm trying to figure out these damn things. Wow. So we just <laughs> we just did the intro and it wasn't recording right on the computer. So now we have to restart the intro again. So I'm just going <laughs> to pretend like I didn't say any of this stuff to begin with. All right. So I just got back from Wyoming to visit family. Oh, wow. And <laughs> okay, you can be a little bit better of an that. actress. <laughs> Our family in Wyoming watches uh, this podcast. So shout out to you guys. But our aunt told me that we need to end the episodes by saying, I've got the man Mm -hmm. and I'm doing the one night stands. Wow. (laughs) But that's not necessarily true. (laughs) But it made me laugh. Yeah, that's a good one. (laughs) I think man will be a lot easier to rhyme with than husband. So I kind of like that idea. We could definitely, we can definitely play with that a bit. I like it too. Like you could say, I've got the husband. Well, I don't know. We'll figure it out. We still need to figure it out. Maybe we just don't do an outro at all. Until it comes naturally one day. <laughs> just one day, it just flows out of our mouths. And we're yeah. like, wow, where's this coming from? <laughs> it's so weird how that happens. So today we're going to be talking about our deconstruction journeys. It's really interesting because, as you know, Kylie and I are sisters. So bringing my own flesh and blood into this conversation to talk about a topic that is very near and dear to my heart it's actually very sensitive for me to talk about this is my first time talking about it in this way because I've needed a lot of years to like process it and I feel like I'm ready now so what better person to bring to the conversation than you because we grew up in the same house together but what's really interesting is that once we graduated high school I feel like we had different life trajectories Mm -hmm. and kind of you know did our own things in our own way and then now we're like coming together and we believe a lot of the same things yeah and that's really cool yeah it's like we were on different journeys but then like ended up kind of you know going through similar things and so we have a lot of input on this topic and I'm I'm an open book I always like to kind of just share what's going on Um, even though I'm still like experiencing all of this um, I've I've really taken time to reflect on everything from like our childhood to um, different experiences. So I think this will be a good, good topic. For Definitely. Us today. And I do want to say like piggybacking off of what you just said, I think one of the biggest misconceptions with deconstruction is that you just like believe what you believe and then you're done. Not at all. I mean, I know I've been going through this for years and years and I'm going to continue probably for the rest of my life. There's still some deep rooted conditioning that I'm working through every single day. And we're going to talk about that more in a minute, but You never arrive with anything in life. You know, you never just like stop learning and growing and evolving. You're going to be constantly doing that. And so with deconstruction, it's like, we may change our minds in a year. Right. Like the things that we talk about today may not be what we feel in a year. And um, that's important to make space for anybody watching this right now who is currently struggling or has already uh, been walking through their journey. If you have ended up an atheist or an agnostic or a Buddhist, or maybe you have no idea what you believe at all, or maybe you were brought back to Christianity through the deconstruction, you're Mm -hmm. welcome here. Um, Absolutely. We, uh, yeah, this is a safe space for you guys. So we want to be as open and honest about our journey as we can to help you and yours. And if you have a religion that you're like, 
really deep into or spirituality, that's awesome for you. As long as it's for like the right purpose and it's something that you love um, and you're inspired by and it's your passion and it's something that you can show others um, in a kind way, that's awesome. And so I just want to make it clear we're not like, we're not going to be bashing on Christianity or anything like that. Definitely not. No, I don't. I don't want to bash anybody for anything that they believe. I know what that feels like. Mm -hmm. And I've also been that person who Mm -hmm. has done so. And that's not what we want to accomplish here. So before we get into it and talk about our Christianity (laughs) background and all of that, I think we should do a little bit of a life update because in the last two episodes, I don't think we've really done one. So how'd your honeymoon go? How's, How's the married life? Wow. Okay. So the honeymoon was fantastic. Um, Like I say all the time, whenever someone asks me, I highly recommend Disneyland as a honeymoon destination. Um, We got to have a mix of fun and relaxing and we got to stay at the Disneyland hotel, which I feel like that was something I never thought I'd be able to do. And now that I... I'm thinking about going back to Disney. I'm like, I want to stay there forever because <laughs> I loved it so much. But it was cool because it was about a 20 minute walk to the parks. And we had a three day hopper in between Disneyland and California Adventure, which three days is definitely a good amount of time. I don't think we really needed more than that. Um, but three days was perfect. So we spent two days in Disneyland. Uh, the second day, we were pretty much at a point where we got all of our big rides done that we wanted to do. So we built a lightsaber and then went back to the hotel and relaxed and swam for a bit. And then we went back and built a droid. And then we hung out there till closing, <laughs> which those that was a fun experience, building a droid. Um, and the Basil, Basil's like obsessed with Star Wars. So yeah, perfect it was his too. dream come true. But it was a lot of fun. Um, and then, yeah, we stayed till closing that night. And then the third day, we just hung out at um, Disneyland or California Adventure. And we left pretty early that day because we were like, we went on everything we want to go on. So let's just go relax for the rest of our honeymoon. Um, and then the next day we had a flight at like 5 PM. So we decided to go walk to a movie theater and watch Nope, um, which is a good movie. And, uh, and then we just kind of hung out, went to the airport and we came back. Uh, we didn't really want to come back cause we were having such a great time and it would have maybe been nice to have like one extra day just to have a day between, um, the parks because after the first day, your feet are like dead. Um, especially when you wear $5 shoes. Oops. But um, <laughs> it would have been nice to have like Kylie. one day of relaxing. I know. Um, my off-brand Burks were the the most comfortable shoes that I brought. They were actually really comfy. I can't believe you walked 16 miles a day in those things. Yeah. Well, by the second day, I started bringing two pairs of shoes so I could kind of switch off. That actually oh, really smart. helped. Yeah, I highly recommend that. But I had a blast. It was fantastic. How's the married life treating you? Married life does not feel any different at all. Because you were already living in sin. Yeah, of course. Um, We were already living together and, you know, we already have our dogs and like nothing really changed with that. Um, I'm still working on getting my last name changed, which is a process, but we'll get there when we get there. It's a process. I still haven't gotten my last name changed back. Yeah, it's a lot of work, but yeah, I don't want to stand in lines. Yeah, I hate the lines, but your life updates, my life. I feel like I've uh, kind of. kind of hit a wall with dating some stuff went down that made me feel very discouraged and I was like you know what this is stupid I don't I'm not letting some guy make me feel discouraged about this so I changed my priorities reevaluated wrote down a list of non-negotiables I need in a man I feel like I'm more intentional now moving forward that's good and yeah 
kind of dating several people right now, just seeing getting seeing what's out there. Love that. I'm going on a date tonight with a 26 year old. Ooh, <laughs> can't wait to see. Pics. This is the youngest guy I've gone on a date with. I told him that. He's like, yeah, you're the oldest woman I'm going on a date with ever. Oh, wow. Ever. Yeah. <laughs> ever. <laughs> totally in this <Wow>. life. <laughs> How'd it go with Taylor Lautner guy? <laughs> you're just going to say it out loud like that? Well, we still haven't officially met. Oh, okay. But we've FaceTimed twice. And mm-hmm. anyways. <laughs> Moving on from I'll that. keep you guys updated <laughs> with time. I'm not getting my heart invested. Absolutely know, not. You know, Absolutely you guys not. have seen me kind of morph into this dating world. I'm trying to just figure it out. I'm trying to figure out these damn things. That's that's the motto. You know? That's the motto. Yeah. So we'll get there eventually. But yeah, I'm having fun. The process. That's all that matters. Live right. your best life. You know. Yeah. You, you finally get once. to live your life. Right. Exactly. This is very exciting for you. It is. It's, it's super exciting. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks course. for the encouragement. <laughs> <laughs> do you guys like how kylie and i match we're like fall queens oh, we today. are so good at coordinating colors without even trying we're ready for fall absolutely <laughs> <laughs> i knew a high five was coming because we did it the first time yeah we did it the first time and then i was like that's the first time i've ever high five i don't think that's the first time there's no way <laughs> maybe when you were younger <laughs> maybe we high five back so then funny. well we used to do like our secret handshakes which i don't even remember now Oh, Do yeah, you remember that song we used to sing together? It was like our sister song, that country song. I was like, good morning, beautiful. Oh, yeah. God. How was your night? <laughs> you were like a kid. You're like, mine was wonderful. <laughs> I used to make her sing with me all the time and she hated it. That's probably why you don't want to sing in front of anybody now because I used to always force you to sing with her. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> All right. Ooh. Okay. Stop messing around. We got to get into oh, yeah. the serious. <laughs> no. We're here's, serious. Here's the thing. I feel like this is a serious topic, but I don't want to make it this heavy, serious topic. Like I talked about my no, divorce because no. I feel so free. Yeah. For the first time in my life, I am more free than I've ever felt. Mm-hmm. And I owe it to deconstruction, like a big, big portion, big chunk of mm-hmm. it to this. So it's something I'm very passionate about and something that I'm super glad I've experienced and I'm still experiencing. So just know that. Okay. This isn't like a, yeah, I agree. This isn't a doom and gloom topic. Yeah. No, it, to me, it's doesn't even feel that serious. It's just like, I'm just living life and I'm growing. Like, mm-hmm. it's not like, it's like, so it all started. <laughs> it's like, it's not like that to me. It's just like things happen when they happen. Yeah. And I think also like, I, I've spent a lot of years caring what people think being a people pleaser. And mm-hmm. um, this topic is very sensitive to me because of what I've experienced and I've had a lot of people invalidate my experience of it. So it's like, it's one of those things where it's like, I know I a hundred percent know I'm going mm-hmm. to get messages after this from people trying to convince me to change my mind or whatever. And I have to know that like, this is my life and I make my own choices mm-hmm. and uh, this is my journey and my story matters and I'm validating my own experience because mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many people have been like not all Christians not all churches and it's like that's like me being like I fell off of my skateboard and broke my head open and had to get stitches and everyone and someone's like not all skateboards do that you yeah, know what like I mean has nothing to do with it it's like you're missing the point entirely right just because not all churches are not all Christians are toxic like I'm about to share 
doesn't mean that my experience wasn't valid. Right. Because I did experience that. Mm-hmm. And it did change the trajectory of my life. I say words weird sometimes. Trajectory. (laughs) That's a fancy word. So, okay. I seriously have so many questions. I'm just trying to organize them. Are you going to say your story first or are you just going to jump into questions? Oh, well. (laughs) Okay. Well, the first question actually is, are your parents religious? So let's start from the very beginning. We'll start from the... Let's go back. Back back to the the beginning. beginning. (laughs) Wow, we actually blended really well right there. That was our Hillary Duff voice. <laughs> okay, back to the beginning. Back to the beginning. So. Oh. Where do we start? Um, We grew up in a Christian household. And I have a lot of questions like, what denomination? What's your background? Pretty much non-denominational mm-hmm. across the board. Yep. I don't know if the church that I grew up in uh, was non-denominational or not. And then in high school, I went to like a Calvary church. Um, which was interesting, but I feel like after that, I pretty much stayed mostly predominantly in non-denominational. Mm-hmm. Yep. It was one of those things where it was like, we were taught from, a, from an extremely young age. I mean, from the time we were born that Christianity is the truth mm-hmm. and the way and that no other, uh, opinions or religions or, even backgrounds were approved of or that if you didn't believe everything that was written in the Bible, you wouldn't be a true Christian. See, I kind of felt like we just didn't talk about anything else. Like we didn't talk about people who were different at all. Yeah. So I know what you mean. It wasn't so much like it was like shameful to be somebody else, but it was like, we just like didn't, didn't even talk about it like it was just christianity it was just like what we're used to does that make sense so we weren't yeah. like we weren't talked about like educated on other religions or anything like that yeah which is very very common for anybody who's grown right. up christian because the whole point of it is to like keep you a good and faithful servant so yeah. that you can go out and preach the word of god to other people and save them essentially mm-hmm. so curiosity and questions And pretty much educating yourself outside of that specific religion is like a big no, no. Mm -hmm. I don't know about you, but it was like every time I doubted anything immediately, it was like, oh, you can't doubt that. Yep. That is not okay to doubt, which is very fascinating to me Mm -hmm. because a lot of Christians, well, not a lot. I feel like the central focus of Christianity is fear, but they teach us to not live in fear. They say it all the time. Like sermon after sermon, don't live in fear. Don't live in fear. Don't cast your fears upon but God. Then, yeah. Then they cast say things like God. fear the Lord. Right. And that always confused me as a child. I'm like, so I'm supposed to be scared of him? Like, yeah, they would just say these like common things. And it was like, I don't know what that means, but okay. Yeah. I'll just repeat it. Mm-hmm. It's like this thing. It was like, don't be anxious. Don't be afraid. You know, you're a child of God. But it was like the entire belief of Christianity in America, at least, because let's be honest, Christianity around the world is very different than what it is here in America. In America, we have taken it to the extremes. We have Christian nationalism, which is a whole other conversation, um, which is where we basically are like worship America. And yes, if you're not from America, it's a thing. It's like a real thing. And um, I would say with like American Christianity, 
that it's just that that central like pain point where you're always trying to like be a better person and you're always trying to like do good and and be different is is this thing that revolves around fear of like you got to make sure you do Mm -hmm. the right things you got to make sure that you don't cuss smoke drink have sex outside of marriage Um, right all of like there's a it's like a rule book essentially Mm -hmm. and if you make a mistake you have to repent or else you're going to go to hell because you've purposefully sinned against god and yeah, and so I, the whole thing is just shameful and fearful, right? I think that's how like Catholicism is too, and um, yeah. a lot of, a lot of other religions and cultures they also follow the thought of like you have to do good, mm-hmm. um, and so yeah, it is. It's definitely kind of the driving force behind a religion. I feel like because it's like how are you going to go around the fact that we all sin or we all are in fear of doing the wrong thing? So it's kind of where it all stems from, but. Mm-hmm. I love learning about other religions. Like I say it all the time on my history podcast because I just did um, an entire episode on Buddhism, and I Ooh, I love to Buddhism. listen to it. Yeah, it's it's awesome. Um, and I just think it's really important to be open minded to those things and Definitely. to like to hear other perspectives because it all does stem from something, you know. Right. So, anyway. right. And then it's and and then you know, yeah. Okay, moving on. <laughs> um, so that's what we were raised in, and. I do feel like maybe our parents may have been more strict with me and our brother because we were older than you. Yeah. And I feel like once your turn came around, they were like a little bit more lenient to things. So I feel like that does kind of um, change the experience a little bit. Mm -hmm. But for me personally, I always felt like I had to do everything right. Like I had to be like the role model. I had to be like the person that people looked up to Mm -hmm. and, um, in high school, I was like the president of fellowship of Christian athletes. I was that person in high school that like went around and literally like walked up to people and was like, how can I pray for you? And I tried to like preach my faith and talk about God as much as I possibly could to the point where I think a lot of people thought I was crazy, (laughs) but I mean, I did have a lot of friends. I think people felt love for me, which is good because sometimes I was very judgmental about my faith, but I just had this drive inside of me to like save as many people as possible and lead them Mm -hmm. to Jesus because that was the point of why we're here. Right. And that's what I was taught. And so that was my core motivation for every conversation I ever had with anybody. And that's where I can look back now and be like, Oh, that's so gross to me because are we really listening to people's stories if we're trying to change their narrative? Mm. You know? Yeah. And I realize now it's like if when I can just sit with people now and have no motivation to do anything except for listen and be with them, I feel like that's more like Jesus than anything personally. Absolutely. Showing the love yeah. of Jesus. Yeah. Definitely. So after high school, I decided to go to um, a program called the School of Worship. It's through a mega church here in Colorado Springs called New Life Church. And it was a 10-month program. And they basically taught us how to be worship pastors. If you don't know what a worship pastor is, it's like the person who leads the music every Sunday at church. And so I have always loved singing and performing and things, but couldn't really afford to go to like a real college. So I was like, let's find something close. So I went to this 10 months long. It's actually where I met my ex-husband and um, a lot of friends that I still have today, but it was a very interesting experience. Very, very, very um, 
I'm not, I want to say sheltered necessarily, but like we lived, ate, breathed everything in that church. Like we were at that church all the time. I didn't have Mm -hmm. a job outside of it. Like that was my life. We had, um, prayer meetings we had to go to. We had to leave, lead worship in the prayer center. We had to, um, lead worship in the choir every Sunday morning. Uh, we had class every single day, like from 7am to 4pm, like a regular school. Um, so we were just all very involved and like very, everything was just like learning about the Bible, learning about worship, learning about ministry, learning about the church. And, um, I was like very passionate and very on fire for God during that time of my life. And, uh, after we had graduated from the program, I was already engaged. Um, that's how quickly that happened. <laughs> like four <laughs> but, months, three. Well, yeah, we were only dating for like four months. Um, <laughs> but, uh, at that point we got married and we moved to Florida to start ministry and we were in ministry for 10 years. And you moved to Florida the day after. Yeah. The day after I got married. <laughs> we talked about that previously. Yeah. Episode, if you're more <laughs> just so curious you about remember. That. <laughs> <laughs> but Getting married at 19 was definitely influenced by my Christian upbringing, mm-hmm. 100%, um, because I was taught that having sex outside of marriage is like a huge sin, and we basically wanted to have sex. Honestly, I feel like that's why it was rushed. Like, that's not the that's not the reason I got married, but that's the reason why, like, the marriage itself was rushed, if that makes sense. I mean, like, yeah, that's what happens a lot. That's what happens to a lot of Christians, <laughs> just- yeah get married right away. But it's, it's, it's interesting because there's also this expectation that like, as soon as you get married, sex is going to be fabulous. Uh We just, we just like, we, we've told you your whole life that sex is wrong and sex is bad and sex is immoral and you're going to go to hell if you have sex. But now that you're married, have as much sex as you would like. Just, just have at it. It'll be so fun. And you're like, meanwhile, you have no idea what you're doing. And it's just like, what's happening here? Um, but that's a whole other topic. Maybe we'll do a topic on sex. I don't yeah. know. But yeah, so I was in worship ministry for 10 years. Got ordained. I'm a licensed pastor right now. Um, Fancy. I know, right? Um, <laughs> and learned a lot along the way of those 10 years, but was faced with a ton of heartbreak and hard things that I had to witness within church walls that made me really take a step back and be like, what am I a part of right now? Mm -hmm. Like it got to a point where it was like, I feel like this goes against what I believe as a person. Like this goes against my morals and values. This goes against what I know what's wrong and right. Just because we're saying a Bible says so, or like a book written by men (laughs) says Mm -hmm. you know that's been misinterpreted so yeah that's that's really led me to where I am now and when I got divorced I left the church the last time I went to church other than like Christmas service because I went with you guys for Christmas but Mm. the last time I like really went to church was the weekend before I left my marriage my ex is still a pastor. Um, and my kids go to church with him. So there's a lot of questions about that too. So maybe we'll touch on that in this, but 
that's basically my very long summary (laughs) (laughs) for my story. So that's fair. What's yours? Mine is very different than that because I feel like my faith wasn't really put in motion till college. Like, honestly, Um, growing up, I was told, you know, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And like, we went to church every Sunday. I have so many bad memories of like wearing those frilled socks that mom always made me wear because I hate (laughs) like I have a texture problem. Everything has to be comfortable. And she'd put me in those like socks with like the... I don't even know the lace around them. Oh, and she'd be like, wear a dress. And I'd be like, <laughs> I love those. I'm sorry. I set yeah, you up she for was, failure because she... I wore like dresses every day of my life, even as a kid. And oh. I loved those socks. And I like dresses, but not when it's like the uncomfy dresses. Right. And it was, right. it was like, oh, it was not a time. <laughs> so that's what I instantly think of. I did not like church because of like what I had to wear. And I just, I had, to, I've always had like trust issues, I feel like. So when someone was trying to teach me something, I'd be like, I don't even know who you are. And we like had a private primary church for a while but then after that I didn't ever want to go to like the child room whatever it's called bible school I never wanted to do that because that was like um, I feel uncomfortable so I never actually like was a part of that ever it's uncomfortable <laughs> because they make you get up and dance yeah. and sing like dumb songs and, it's and like, I, knew- I don't want to play games I don't want to play right. kickball and I knew that mom and dad would be like, so what did you learn? And I would not know because I zone out all the time. <laughs> so I was just like scared to go to um, kids church, whatever it's called. But so we would go to different churches throughout. And I would just be like, to me, it felt like it's something you had to do. Um, and it was like, oh, I guess. But then, you know, I would tell my friends like, I love Jesus, you know, because that's what I knew as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think for me, like that was the childhood part. It was like, I'm a Christian. I didn't know what it meant. Like, I remember one time they were just like, stand up if you want to be baptized. And I just stood up because I didn't know what it meant. And then they were making this huge big deal out of it. They're like, you said yes to God today. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't even know what I did. Wow. <laughs> even that is a different experience yeah. because when I was six, I wanted to get baptized and the leaders actually encouraged me not to because oh. they were like, this is such a huge decision. <laughs> Are you sure? This oh, is gosh. not a decision you can go back on later. This is a big commitment. Jeez. So you need to think about it and pray about it first. Yeah. And it like, I was like six years old. I'm like, well, geez, what's happening here? Like, I don't understand why this is such a huge deal. And it, convinced me not to I didn't get baptized till I was like 24 or something yeah no I only stood up because my friend next to me did because I was going to like kids church for a while it was like right before middle school I think and I just saw my friend stand up so I was like okay (laughs) and then I apparently was baptized that day or something um or I said yes to God I don't know I still don't know what I did but um (laughs) anyway so that was my childhood I didn't really understand it I guess yeah And then um, I would always just go to service with our parents. I wouldn't really want to go to my own class because I noticed like when I was trying to go to those classes in middle school, I did have some friends from my school who went to our church. So that was cool for a bit. But then once they all left, it was like, I don't know anyone here. (laughs) And I felt a lot of judgment Mm -hmm. um, around there and like the, the boys in the little school like they only cared about like trying to find someone to date and I was like isn't this supposed to be like church (laughs) but anyway so fast forward um high school came around and I feel like I wasn't really like a Christian like I feel like it was like again I would call myself a Christian but there wasn't any part of me that like really wanted to like go to church I I liked it because I got to spend time with our parents like that was fun to me but I didn't really like enjoy it um 
And so I, I never really felt like I was like, like how you were super strong in it. Like you I never just felt kinda, like you had the community. Yeah, no. And I didn't feel like it was something I was forced to do. Cause I've always been the type that's like, I'm going to do my own thing unless like you can convince me. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> and I never felt that can like, nobody tried to like really convince me. And I was just kind of like, mm, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I think that's kind of where our stories are different, but, um, then I, I think it's also, I mean, I'm curious. Okay. You finish your story and then I'll okay. ask you a question. So I think my senior year of high school is when I like started, um, actually thinking about my faith a lot. Cause you know, you have that time of like, okay, what am I going to do after high school? I don't know. And, um, so that's when I started, you know, trying to find something to cling on to. And for me, that was religion. And, um, I did. I was like, I don't call it a religion. I call it a relationship, whatever. Um, and it's a relationship with God, not a religion. Yeah. So I feel like that's when my faith started was my senior year of high school. Um, and as I was trying to kind of understand the world and what to do next, I, that's when I really felt like I had a relationship with God and I would do like Bible studies by myself and like try to just kind of understand it for myself. Um, that's actually when I read the Bible the, for the first time and uh, it like a lot of it was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. And then other parts I was like, okay, we'll come back to that later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's when I read the Bible for the very first time. So then when college came around, I actually ended up meeting amazing friends, um, like still some of my best friends to this day. And they were all Christians their whole life. And so that's kind of how we connected right away. And so I started going to like, um, it was called Crew. It was a weekly meeting that we had. Um, I think it was like every Monday night or something. And that was a lot of fun. And I met some really awesome people through that. And I really enjoyed that. We went to like a fall getaway where I got bit by a brown recluse spider and almost lost my leg. But besides that, <laughs> um, <laughs> that's where I was like, oh, man, I really like this Christian thing. Like, that's really when my faith was was super strong. Um, so then after my sophomore year of college, I decided to go on a mission trip um, to San Diego, which I know that doesn't sound like it was a mission trip, but it was, um, because our primary goal was to go to different campuses and talk about God. And so we just went up to different people and had conversations and, um, kind of like what you were talking about. It was, it was hard for me. Cause I didn't want to go up there and be like, hi, have you heard about God? But we didn't do it like that. We like had like this game where you put out, um, cards and then you have them pick three that fit their life right now. And so it was more of an open conversation, which I enjoyed. But once we got to the part where it was like, I have to share my faith, I was like, I feel so bad doing this because I don't want them to just be like, how dare you? You know? Yeah. So to me, I felt a little like it just wasn't authentic. Yeah. I I really like making connections with people and getting to know them. And that was my favorite part of the trip. Um, And I really did like experience a lot of like seeing people's hurt and brokenness. Mm -hmm. And that was really hard, too. So I think that trip made me more compassionate and it actually, it made me love Jesus more. Um, and then it made me like, it made me love Jesus more and then like religion less, if that makes mm, sense. Yeah. Because I was able to experience him. And then I was like, wait, so everything that I've been learning and like this, 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 like none of that goes with him. And so it was like, I had to differentiate that. And one thing on my mission trip was like, every single time we met up with someone, it, it was like, so what have you been struggling with right now? And for me, that was like, I don't really want to share that with these people I just met. (laughs) Like they like forced us to share like the depths of our heart. And I was just like, I'm here to like tell people about God. I'm not here to just like confess my sins and feel Mm -hmm. terrible about myself. And so it was a little harder for me than I feel like other people there, like everyone there had been Christians our whole life. And like, 
you know, they, they knew all like the Bible school songs and I was like, I don't know those. And they were cool with just like opening up. But for me, it was really hard. And I was like, so in order to be a Christian, you have to be this deep all the time. Like it was just like, <laughs> it was stressful. Um, <laughs> but when I got back to school that year, that's when I was really into it. And, uh, I almost didn't date Basil cause I was like, I got my eye on the Lord. I'm so focused on that. Um, and so that that was probably when I, my faith was at its strongest. And I would say I didn't really start like deconstructing until like right before COVID started. So, mm, and yeah. I didn't even know there was a term for it. Yeah. <laughs> I just kind of started. And then when you were talking about it, I was like, oh, okay, I'm kind of doing that too. Um, Hold on. Perfect segue into this because yeah. I did get a lot of questions asking, what is deconstruction? Oh, I, wow. I hear about it. Yeah. I've heard my friends talking about it. My family talking about it. I've heard pastors coming out and saying that they've deconstructed and they've left the church yeah so what is it well here's the actual definition according to wikipedia because this is new it's a fairly new Mm -hmm. movement faith deconstruction also known as deconstructing faith evangelical deconstruction and deconstruction movement or simply deconstruction is a phenomenon within american evangelicalism in which christians rethink their faith and jettison previously held beliefs, sometimes to the point of no longer identifying as Christians. It is closely related to the ex-evangelical movement. It's the process of systematically dissecting and often rejecting the beliefs that you grew up with. Okay, that's a good way to say it. There's a lot of dissecting. It's (laughs) like, the way that I describe it is, it's like taking everything that's like in my brain and in my heart that I've been taught and conditioned to believe, Mm -hmm. whether through my family upbringing or through my church upbringing or through being in ministry myself. And I'm, I carefully like pick out each piece and I'm like, how do we feel about this? Yeah. Where are we putting this? I agree with that. Yeah. And like just going through the whole thing. That's why it's, it's not just something you wake up one day and you're like, Ooh, I don't, I don't, I don't agree with this anymore. It's, it's a process. It's a process. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's very isolating and scary and it hurts like hell because it's something you hold so dear. It's a big part of who you are. Mm -hmm. And my faith was absolutely the biggest part of who I am. Yeah. Who I was. And having to come to terms with maybe losing that part of myself was excruciatingly painful. And sometimes I still struggle. Is Delilah one? Yeah, she'll be fine. Okay. (laughs) So that's what deconstruction is, but... What mm-hmm. what made you get to a point where you were like, okay, wait a minute? Um, I think like something that really helped me was going to college and hearing new perspectives and meeting other people who were different than me, which is fantastic, you know? Um, and so I had a lot of friends who were like in the LGBTQ plus community and um, just like getting to know them and loving them. Like it was just, it felt so wrong of me to be like this person who's like preaching the Bible, but then to also like love them to death. And I had to just kind of decide like, what is more important to me? Is it following this like tradition and this book or is it like showing love to other people how God wants me to? And I think I saw that a lot during COVID, like when COVID was happening and then, um, I was watching church with like mom and dad and I'd see pastors just pretend it doesn't exist, um, and act like it's not a big deal. And then like the black lives matter movement happened right after that. And that's really when I was like, okay, so I'm going to start thinking for myself because I, I can't, I can't really follow this whole, like, doesn't matter what you've been through. You should not be doing anything wrong and, you know, ruining buildings, whatever they were saying. And it was like, you're missing the whole point. And so 
after that, I think that's when, you know, it was a lot of politics, but I think that's when I was kind of like, I need to choose for myself, like what I believe in, Mm -hmm. especially during COVID when you have time to think and reflect. And so I feel like that's when it kind of made a 360. I was never hurt by the church, but I was just kind of like, okay, I'm ready to think about what I believe in and how can I love people? That's really just been my focus throughout all of it. So you were disgusted by some of the things that you had witnessed from Christian leaders and people within the church. Clearly not acknowledging the climate that we were in mm-hmm. as a country and, and as know, a world, let's be yeah. honest. And I know that's not all churches. Cause I did see a few who were willing to talk about it, but I definitely did too. But it was like, uh, it was just hard to give myself the title of that. If I was mm-hmm. also wanting to help a different community, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think it's just dropping the title for me. And like, I love Jesus still. Um, it's just in a different way. Like it's, it's just not how it was and that's okay. Mm-hmm. And I think the hardest part you probably relate to is like your friends who are Christians and like trying to explain this to them because yeah. it's like, I don't want them to just like leave me and be like, oh, well, she's not a Christian anymore. And I don't think any of them would, but it's hard to explain to them how like, it's not just me like falling away from God. Like it's a, it's an actual like process going on. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's hard but, to explain. But to how others. sad is it that we even have to think that like, right. if I choose to be myself, mm-hmm. if I choose to be honest and authentic with the things I'm struggling with, I might lose this community of people that I love. Yeah. And unfortunately that's been the stories of a lot of people that mm-hmm. have deconstructed. There's a lot of people that have been in similar boats as me too, where they were in ministry for yeah. long periods of time and situations cause them to look back and be like, wait a minute, this is not right. This is not okay. Right. And started making them question it. And you lose communities in the process of it. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. I want to read this uh, Facebook status that I wrote in 2019. So I feel like 2019 was the beginning of it for me. Okay. Are you done with your story? Sorry. I don't want to I think you. so. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'll think of things as we go. But. Okay. Um, in 2019, we were fired from a church that we were on staff at. And I did make a video about it on my YouTube channel. So if you've been following me for a while, you probably have watched that video. After I made that video, the church immediately called us and told us that in order to get our severance pay, to get paid so we didn't basically like lose everything that we had like our you know we wouldn't be able to afford to like pay our rent or Mm -hmm. get groceries for our children in order to get the severance pay we would have to sign a non-disclosure agreement stating that we are not allowed to tell details about what happened with the termination in any way and they even like put in the nda like even if your children's children's children talk about it we can still have the right to like sue you. So (laughs) that's the stuff that goes on behind the scenes in churches. Um, So that caused me a lot of fear too, to like not speak about this for, for a long, long time. But I was, I was fed up. This was this, we were at this church and we were like just starting to feel like it was our family. We weren't even there that long, probably like six, no, like eight months, I think. And this was my last time i was like i told my ex i was like listen this is it for me i've Mm -hmm. been hurt so much at this point 
I can't do this anymore. I cannot keep finding new churches, finding new church families, uprooting our kids and moving all over the place. Like I can't keep doing this. And, um, I said, this is our, our last, uh, chance. And Mm -hmm. we got fired and I was like, I'm done. I think the worst part about it is right after we got fired, they were like trying to like give us a sermon. Of course. They were like, we're sorry guys, but listen, Jesus is here to love you. He will protect you. He's not going to give you any harm. He will get you through this dry valley to a season where things will flourish, like using Christianity. But we'll sue you. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And it was just, it was just like, hold on. I'm still processing what you just said to me. And now you're sitting here trying to like make sure that I stay in the faith. Like, is that really all you care about? Mm. All you care about is that I remain saved yeah. And that I continue ministry, even though I'm telling you right now, I'm not continuing ministry anymore because I am broken and mm-hmm. you're not acknowledging that at all. It was so like wild to me <laughs> that anybody could even think about like doing that in that moment. It was just, it's that's crazy. crazy. I know. So here's the, um, status I posted on January 28th, 2019. We were fired from our church last week unexpectedly. Went to a random church we found on Google 24 hours later, and I couldn't even worship along because I'm still just absolutely heartbroken among 900 other emotions. I was staring at the worship leaders on stage thinking, just yesterday, that was us. And truthfully, I don't think that will ever be us again. Pray for us in our hearts because right now we're struggling. 10 years of vocational ministry, highs, and a lot of lows. Right now we are struggling with the idea of church. We're struggling with Christianity in general. Yep, it's the we love Jesus but not the church cliche. I know some of you have never been in ministry, so I'll try to explain. When you lose your job in ministry, you lose your income and your community and church family. Then you have to move houses because you can no longer afford the rent and take your kids out of the school they love and try to explain to them why. It feels like everything is taken away all at once. There's only so much of this we can handle, and for our emotional well-being, we don't think we can pursue church ministry further. We aren't okay. But I look forward to the day that when Facebook reminds me of this post and I can smile because God brought us through. Mm. So. Wow. That's. that's A lot happens in three years. Yeah. (laughs) That's kind of a summary of that. And for those of you asking, how did this affect your marriage pretty majorly, I would say, because we both had agreed at this point, like we're done with church ministry. Mm -hmm. And then he decided he wanted to do it again. And I was like, wait a minute, let's think about this. I physically cannot like, and emotionally can't. And I don't even want to be in a church building right now. Um, so I don't really want to be involved. And he was like, okay. So basically he continued and I just kind of stopped leading with him every now and then he would ask me to lead for like Easter or like some yeah. big event. And I'd be like, fine, I don't want to do this, but I will for you. But, um, he continued on and I didn't. And, um, I went this way. He went that way and it definitely affected it. I mean, how could it not? You mm-hmm. know, I always find it amazing when people can like deconstruct together and come out stronger on the other side. Yeah. Because when you're both indoctrinated with the same 
background and like the same knowledge and the same understanding and one of you and that's like the basis of your marriage too right like this that's like the foundation and then one of you decides like oh i don't know how i feel about this anymore it's gonna rock the boat (laughs) if the other person isn't willing to go there with you so for sure so yeah it definitely um it was a factor there's no way it couldn't have been yeah that's how your relationship started exactly that definitely was the foundation you know Mm -hmm. definitely we were um always leading like groups of people in some capacity um on like youth retreats and stuff and always had people at our house that were from church like even people that i wasn't really interested in being friends with it was like one of those things you have to invite those people over yeah because you're the worship pastor and like you have to have lunch with them. Oh, that's so sad. Or we'd have people from the church invite us over, like really well-meaning old ladies, and they'd be like, "Come on over." And I'm like, "Well, my kids are um, two and four, so they might destroy your house as long <laughs> as you're okay with that." And it was just me stressing out the whole time, being like, "Don't touch that! Don't do that!" <laughs> um, but yeah, like just heavily involved in the community aspect of it all, and then, uh literally like i said in the status every time that we were like go over church or it just wasn't a good fit or something had happened where we were like okay this isn't working out you have to just like pick up and walk out of the church and leave this like family that you've built because christians pride themselves on being like this close family of community and they are until something happens mm-hmm. and then you're forced to leave and i remember very vividly um, one of the times that we were fired, I was pregnant with Jude and having a really hard pregnancy and they basically had fired us and told us like we had to get all of our stuff out that night and that we couldn't come on Sunday to like say goodbye to anybody. Um, it was a whole was there thing. A reason or a big reason i mean i found out i found out later like there was definitely some some things that went down uh, that i had no knowledge of at the time but the way the whole thing was handled was just like appalling to me because i'm like we are friends with these people like i you're telling me i can't come to church to say goodbye to my friends yeah like why what and going through what i was going through i was just like this is terrible so yeah we, we got our stuff left never heard from like any of those people again and i remember just being so hurt specifically by the lack of like women who reached out to me and offered support Mm. you know even a phone call of like hey how are you right because i felt like i was me and the kids were like the innocent ones in the situation where it was just like we were just being thrown around Mm-hmm. from place to place and i i just i didn't even know like what was happening but each time it was like somebody was just like taken like you know the the wound was starting to heal and they just like ripped the band-aid right off right and the lack of that really destroyed me i think that was one of like the first moments where i was like oh my gosh i don't i never want to be like this i i want to be that person that reaches out to other people and now I make it my personal duty and mission. When I find out people like get fired from churches or um, get let go from churches or whatever, like I reach out to those people because I know how painful that is. And it's 
so isolating because you lose an entire church family and sometimes you just never hear from them again. So sad. As sad as it is, but that's kind of the reality of it. And like I said, this is my experience. Yeah. So you may have had ministry experience that doesn't at all correlate to this, but Mm -hmm. this was very much mine. My experience. That does a lot to someone, you know? It does. And you feel like you can't even like trust a church anymore and you're like trying Mm -hmm. over and over again. Yeah. So definitely. Okay. So this is another huge part of my personal deconstruction. I don't know about you, but, um, I was asked, I love, I love this question. I love how it's asked. Were you raised in that freaky purity culture too? (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. (laughs) And then another person said purity culture was part of it for me. Would you say it was for you? Yes. Yes. (laughs) 100%. Yeah. Now I don't really know what purity culture was like for you mm-hmm. specifically. But for me, it kind of started in middle school when we would do like, um, so we would go like swimming somewhere and they would be like, girls, you got to wear, um, you know, bathing suits with coverage, like try to do sleeves, <laughs> try to do, um, you know, make it come up to your neck, um, wear shorts. We cannot cause the boys to stumble ladies. Oh my God. Come that, on. that phrase. <laughs> uh like you got to cover your body so all of these like girls would be like their outfits would be deemed appropriate but because i always had breasts and was like a little bit heavier than everybody else they were always like um no you need to wear a shirt you got to cover those those boobs sweetheart like they like pull me aside and like try to like give me like life advice they'd be like sweetheart the boys here are really trying to follow the Lord <laughs> and his path. You need to cover up, honey. And then the Kay? the boys are never blamed for anything. No, not at all. They don't they don't they just they, they get to just live. They get to come in without a shirt. Nice. It must be nice being a man. And then we wonder why men think the way that they do and why they like are so overtly sexual sometimes to right. like the point of being completely inappropriate and then like blame women for mm-hmm. causing it. And it's like cuz they were also raised in purity culture. And not only evangelical Christians were raised in, in purity culture. This is like a worldwide thing. I feel like I, I feel like everybody was affected by purity culture in some way. You didn't have to grow up in the church to experience it. It's been going since the beginning of time. Yeah, it has. I mean, ever since Eve ate, ate that apple. <laughs> Damn you, Eve. <laughs> You're the worst. Like, I wonder if Eve was the actual one who ate the apple or if she just got blamed for it. Right? <laughs> I feel like she who got actually for ate it. the apple. <laughs> It was, Maybe we'll it probably was never know. Deaf Adam. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, it's true. Yeah. How, it's true. And then the guys think they can just blame women for mm-hmm. their issues. And oh, yeah. she caused me to stumble. And oh God, I've seen that in the Christian community so much. Yeah. Uh, my, my body was like somehow this thing that like always got me in trouble. I swear to you. It was like. I can't tell you how many times I was asked to like go home and change my clothes when I was on the choir um, at New Life. They'd be like, that dress is too, a little bit too short. Okay. (laughs) That dress is a little bit too short. You need to go home and put on some pants, make sure they're nice pants, not jeans, but like cover that up or like, you know, too much shoulder. We had like a rule. I think it was like four fingers, shoulder straps or something. And then, um, no low cut tops like this. Oh, I could never wear this. It's not even that bad. I'll never understand but, the shoulder thing though. How is that going to make a a boy stumble? Because, you know, <laughs> shoulders are so sexy. Yeah. Who's going to look at a shoulder and be like, oh my God. 
Look at that shoulder. It's like that scene in A Walk to Remember where she puts the, the tattoo butterfly. on her shoulder. She's like, it's going to be love. It's going to be love. It. It's going to be she- great. It's going to be more than I can take. And then he goes. <laughs> Blows on it to dry it off. There's something there. Something about women's shoulders. I guess. They just really caused the men to stumble. I don't know. But. Yeah, I just, I've, I just kind of felt like my body was disgusting, to be honest. I was like, well, God, if my body's going to cause all these guys to stumble, like, you, I got to cover it up as much as possible. Mm. And I think it honestly affected my body image. Like, yeah, it definitely did. And I think that's why I struggled for a lot of years with, like, disordered eating and, like, dieting and, like, trying to change and alter my appearance. Like, I think a lot of that was stemmed in the purity culture that I was raised in. Oh, and then in high school, I was taught that we, we don't, we don't be friends with guys at all. You don't have guy friends because you should only be talking to guys for one reason. And that's to date them. But if you're going to date them, you have to marry them. So like that was another um, influence of my decision to get married so young. Hmm. And to this day, it's still something that I struggle with. Even when I'm dating, there was actually a question about that. Um, let me pull it up. But even as I'm dating, it's like, this is weird. Am I allowed to talk to these guys? I'm not, I'm not planning on marrying this guy tomorrow. Like, can I t- actually talk to this guy? <laughs> it's crazy how much of our like conditioning we have to work through, like still unpacking each of those things, like coming out of, of the little, treasure chest of things that I learned like what does this mean why do I feel this way about this I think that purity culture thing for me was more like um I was just scared I thought sex was like gonna like kill me like I was like oh my god I will die um (laughs) (laughs) but I didn't really care that much about like not showing my skin like if anything I was a little too much into boys in high school and I'd be like (laughs) look at me (laughs) but you know yeah I feel like I've seen that a lot though, where their girls are told to cover up and mm-hmm. it's bad. The shoulder thing will never make sense. Yeah. Never. And also I never dated to marry unless like, I, I don't think I ever did because I didn't want to marry any of them, <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> we know you were shallow and you were only swiping on every hot guy <laughs> on Tinder. But see, I was also, like I said, I didn't like to follow the rules. Like I didn't like to like be told what to do. So if someone was like, you can only date to marry. I'd be like, all right. <laughs> Not going to listen to that. <laughs> That's just how I've always been. It's funny because like dad and I would always have this, this conversation with mom all the time. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, mom, I'm like 18 years old. Okay. Keep this in mind. I'm like, mom, I don't, I can't casually date. That's so wrong. Like the whole purpose of dating is to get married. That's like what God intended it for. So if I'm going to date somebody, like, it's for real. Like, I'm in it. I'm in it to get married. And dad would be like, yeah, very wise point of view. <laughs> very wise. And mom would be like, no, no, no. I remember her telling me so many times, like, don't do that. Don't do that. She's like, date around. Yeah. Meet different people. Learn what you like. Learn what you don't like. Like, figure out who you are. All of those things are important. And I was just like, mom, you heathen. You have little faith. <laughs> Oh my gosh, this is all making sense because... Oh, is it? Well, like, you know how I was always scared to tell you guys when I was dating someone? That is because I was terrified that, like, you guys would be like, someone's a wedding. 
you, you want to marry this guy right and i'd be like <laughs> so i just like we never did i didn't like to talk about it like i was just like that's what i was going to actually ask you earlier because a lot of years we didn't we were i mean we weren't close for like a lot of our lives mm-hmm. and i think a lot of that had to do with where i was yeah, in my life definitely um and so like what was that like what was i like and what was um, our relationship like when i was in ministry it definitely felt like i couldn't talk to you because it was like you were so much better like because you know when you see someone who's really faithful and they like they're really into their faith you just instantly are like okay well i can't talk to them because they're gonna judge me for everything i do and mm-hmm. obviously you know that you did that like you know that you were judgmental and you're not anymore so um <laughs> i've talked about it before on here like she's grown a lot in that but um i remember just like everything that i was like scared to tell you because i didn't want you to judge me and then like when I did tell you about a boy, you'd always find something wrong and or you'd be like, is he a Christian? <laughs> that was my first question. And I'd be like, no. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's definitely, uh, <laughs> I definitely could see that in you when you were really into your faith, but mm-hmm. uh, not anymore. So we it's grow. good. It's good that I can talk to you about things. <laughs> I know. Same. I'm glad that we don't judge each other. That's great. It does help to have someone in your family who's kind of going through something similar. Yeah. Because then, you know, it's not like you're alone in that, in that, like, because it would be really weird if, like, the whole family was, like, going to church and you were just by yourself, like. It'd be a lot more isolating if it was just, like, me and myself going through it. Yeah. And that was another question somebody asked, um, is there anybody else in the family that's deconstructed? We have, and our brother mm-hmm. is currently doing so, and I would say, like, our cousins have. Yeah. Our cousins that grew up in, like, faith culture um pretty much anybody our age (laughs) i feel like (laughs) are the people that have the most um yeah yeah that's it's always fun conversations to have at family gatherings (laughs) i try to change the topic of conversation because like i said it's still something that i'm sensitive about and it's like i don't feel comfortable sharing like my inner feelings about this specific subject with just anybody Mm. And you're not really, like, access to you is a privilege. You got to treat it like it's golden. It's like a TikTok sound, but it's it's a good good quote. Not everybody should have that kind of access to you. That's true. Which is why I've been hesitant about sharing it here. But, like... You definitely have to be able to trust them. Yeah. Because we have a lot to talk about. We're already at an hour. I don't know how this happened because I feel like we haven't even, like, gotten into any of the questions <laughs> at all. Yeah. I'm so sorry for my lack of time management, but this is a big topic though. There's a lot to unpack. Yeah. Let's do a part two. Can we do it on my channel? We'll do like the same setup. Yeah. But it'll be over on my channel. Mm-hmm. Okay. So look out for that in the next week or so. We'll have a part two and then we'll answer the questions you sent. And I'll try to answer as many as I possibly can. <laughs> but thank you guys for being here and for watching we would love to hear your stories with deconstruction or like any inspiration or advice that you can give to people down below in the comments we would love to have you do so because it is very isolating it makes you feel a lot of things and uh you really support is everything and i've been really blessed to have my closest friends all kind of going through the same thing and then um having people like Kylie and uh, Mm -hmm. people that I trust 
to like walk, walk along this journey with me, but so many people do not have that. And that's so hard. I hope that part two will, um, maybe be more of an inspiration to you since this was more of just like our stories and our background, but Mm -hmm. thank you for being here. We'll see you over on part two. Let us know if you have any questions regarding like what we talked about today. And if you want to hear more about something specific, we'll definitely talk about it. Mm -hmm. There's a lot to go to this topic. And like we said, it's going to change a lot. So yeah, yeah, definitely. We appreciate you all so very much and we will see you next week next friday we could say i have a man you say and i ran okay (laughs) you can do that this week go ahead i have the man and i ran far (laughs) far away that's a temporary one it'll get better (laughs) bye bye guys